0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, what's up? Happy Friday and welcome back to another solo episode on the show. We are part two in our series where I am sharing tons of information and content around group coaching programs. And today's episode is about structuring your group program to avoid exhaustion. I hear the word exhaustion and burned out. I hear the word tired often when it comes to entrepreneurs, you know, coaches, consultants who are transitioning from a one-on-one coaching or consulting practice into a more scalable model in the form of working with groups of people at one time. And I also hear this from coaches and consultants who have already been running their groups for a few years. And it really does, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what the answer is. The answer is structure, right? So typically there is, there's either a lack of structure, no structure at all, or there's parts and pieces that are missing in the program. So let me start by going through a few aspects of group coaching programs that are more than likely causing your exhaustion and your burnout if that is if you are someone who is experiencing that and and look here the reason why any any of us trans, make the transition from coaching and consulting our clients one on one into working with a group of clients in our group coaching program, typically the number one reason and the number one motivator is because, and usually it's this is the number one motivator for most of us until we realize that there are other motivators here. It's money, right? So we recognize that with one-on-one coaching, you are going to hit an income ceiling. You only have so many hours in a day. You can only manage to serve so many clients and client sessions a week. You're only going to charge so much money for one-on-one coaching. Obviously, you can continue to raise your prices. Sure. I I personally know people who make seven figures just from their one-on-one coaching practice. So that's doable. But most of us, our top reason is I want to make more money. The secondary reason is usually I've run out of time. I've hit a time ceiling, which still is connected to the money because if you run out of time, then you run out of the ability to make more money. And usually when you hit a time ceiling, you're recognizing that you're also starting to reach or have already surpassed reaching a state of, I'm so exhausted. I have way too many sessions a day or a week. I'm getting really burned out. And also, I sound like a broken record because I am helping every single one of my private clients with the exact same thing. And I might as well just have them all in a group. I think the third reason, if most people are being really honest, that they start making the transition is because they realize they've hit an impact ceiling. You know, most people are going to max out with one on one coaching clients around 10 to 15. Some people can manage more, some people even less, and you realize, okay, I can only work with, let's say your one-on-one coaching package is six months. You can only work with 10 to 15 people every six months. So you know, in a year's time, you're really maxed out serving and supporting only 20 to 30 people. So those are the three big reasons. I want to make more money. I want to have more time. I want to have a greater impact. Those are the three big reasons or the three big motivators, catalysts at first that are really inviting any of us to transition the business model. And that's the first thing that I do want you to recognize when you're transitioning from a working with people in a one-on-one capacity to working with people in a group capacity, you are completely changing your entire business model. And when you are changing your entire business model. For the first time, everything you're entering into is brand new. So first of all, give yourself some grace and also recognize that working with groups of people is almost not comparable to working with people in a one-on-one capacity. So you are going to be challenged with learning new skill sets. You're going to be challenged with developing the ability to play multiple roles and be able to transition from from one role to the next when you're working with groups of people. You have to master how adults learn. You have to master structure. You have to master curriculum development. You have to master tracking client progress. You have to master supporting clients with all different types of backgrounds, learning styles, processing styles, possibly even learning disabilities, distractions. You've got to figure out how to work with all those different kinds of people, a diverse population, all in the same program, and help all of them reach results. So there's a a lot that goes on. And then we haven't even touched on the marketing of a group, the sales of a group, the operations of a group. Then when you have a group coaching program, At some point, usually fairly quickly, you have to become a team leader. You have to learn how to hire team, train team, coach team, lead team, all the things with team and run an actual company. Then the other piece that enters, and we won't talk about any of this today, the other piece that enters is once you have a group coaching program, the way I'm going to teach you how to structure your group. It is going to eliminate the exhaustion and the burnout. It's going to eliminate the amount of time, which is too much, that you are spending inside of your group coaching program so that you are afforded the opportunity to continue to grow your business, to grow your company. If not, you are going to max out at a certain point and the exhaustion and the burnout will get to you. Usually, I see that happening between $500,000 and $1 million a year in revenue, where someone has fully transitioned to a group model, and they are experiencing so much burnout and exhaustion, they don't even know why they want to keep going forward, okay? So uh, let me go through, I think I have five things here. I'm just looking at my notes that are causing you to be exhausted, even though you have started or have fully transitioned into a group coaching program model. Number one, I've already said it's lack of structure. Number two, you are still providing too much content to your participants. And let me add to that. You are constantly looking for ways to keep adding more content To your existing program with your existing clients. Number three, your program is not curriculum based. And when a program is not curriculum based, it is very difficult to develop structure and operations around that group program. Now, before you say, but I'm in a category, Megan, In my expertise, where I I, structure does not work for what I coach and teach people on. And this is a topic that I'm going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you a real example of a coach and a mentor that I work with. And it is like completely opposite of anything in the business category. And I actually just got back from a live event with the mastermind that I'm part of in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm going to show you exactly how he has complete structure with how that group has run. And when you are someone who specializes in structure, which I do specifically in group coaching programs, I can see the structure. It's, it's clear as day to me that there's a structure in place. Now, if you're not someone who specializes in structure, you may not actually be able to put your finger on that and recognize that. I'm going to share some stories and give you a real-life example with me as the participant and the consumer to show you that even when it's in a category that, that is not as tangible or does not have a financial result, or you are basically anyone who is not in the business category, you do still need structure for your own sanity You also need structure so that your clients get the results or the outcome that you are promising is going to be delivered to them through your program. So that was number three. Your program is not curriculum-based enough. Uh, Number four, your group coaching program clients, you have given them too much access to you. So oftentimes, I will see this in... The earlier stages, when someone's transitioning from one-on-one coaching coaching practice to group, in their mind, one of the obstacles or even objections to starting a group is, but I made all my money through one-on-one coaching. Everybody just wants me. And the only way I know how to get someone the result that I'm promising is if I am working with them in some way, one-on-one. And I also hear that I really love working with my clients one-on-one. I really love getting to know them. You can still do all those things without incorporating one-on-one coaching sessions with your clients. So what we see in the first you know, six months to a year or more is coaches transitioning to a group, but they end up doing the same thing they were doing in private coaching. And they incorporate way too many private coaching sessions that they are single-handedly delivering. Plus, on top of that, they give their group coaching clients access to them, direct access to them Monday through Friday, whether that is some sort of walkie-talkie app like Voxer or Marco Polo. They give them one-on-one access to them, or they give them email access, or they're letting their clients communicate with them in a multitude of ways. You know, one example is you're answering your clients when they're private messaging you on Facebook, and you're going into like full blown support mode right there inside of Facebook Messenger. Instead of redirecting them to where they need to be going to either find that information on their own or ask you in a different capacity that could serve the entire group, like the program Facebook group, if you have one of those set up, or if you've got a program Slack channel, or on the next live call. In front of the whole group of people. And then the fourth, this is, this is a fifth, the fifth reason why you might be exhausted, burned out, or even frustrated inside of your group coaching program is because not all of the clients in your group, specifically in an individual cohort, they are not qualified. They are not qualified. So you have usually I will see it's like 50, 50, 50% of the clients are qualified and meet the criteria of someone who's a great client for your group. And then 50% of the clients are not qualified. I have actually had that experience. And I'll talk, if, if I get to it today, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but actually I'm going to make a star here on my notes. I think we'll do maybe next week in our group coaching program series, I'll do either a full episode or part of the episode will be on uh, the need to have qualified clients inside of your group coaching program. So I'll make a star by that and we can go into more detail because I don't believe we're going to get into a lot of it today. So let's dive into the points I have here that I really want to share with you around how you can do a much better job of structuring your group coaching program so that you completely avoid burnout and exhaustion and frustration. Or if you're already there, we can move into a bit more freedom and peace and flow and, um, you know, the feelings that you really want to feel as a group leader, right? I have four of these. So number one is value. So also get out your notes. If if you're going to take some notes today, now would be the time to do that and jot these four things down. So I'm going to start with value. Now what I mean by this is where do the participants of your group truly find value? Typically in the mind of the leader of the group, the leader thinks or convinces themselves that the clients find value in in things that actually create a lot of codependency on you as the leader. And that is things like I've already mentioned. Too much access to you. uh, Too many one-on-one coaching sessions with you. Constantly creating more modules, more videos, more trainings. Getting more guest experts to come in. Like you just, you know, you've got like multiple guest experts. All, you know, adding more calls adding more office hours, just all sorts of stuff that you're packing your program with, but requires your time, effort, and attention. That is not actually where your clients find the most value. Here's why. The more stuff you add to your group coaching program, the less work your clients are doing on their own to get the result that your program promises. So when we talk about 100% of the responsibility to get the results is on the client, this is what we mean. Now, I'm a big believer that in any kind of relationship, like a marriage between husband and wife, I'm married to my husband, Sean, it is not 50-50. My marriage is not 50-50 with my husband. It is 100-100. I show up 100%, he shows up 100%. I take 100% responsibility, he takes 100% responsibility. I do not see the coach-client relationship as 50-50, or 80-20, or 60-40, or 10-90. I see it as 100-100. It is your responsibility as the coach, the teacher, the expert, and the leader to show up 100% to be 100% committed, to deliver at 100%, to structure your program in a way that is going to lead your clients to getting the results that your program promises. It's your client's responsibility to show up 100% for themselves, to do the work 100%, to be 100% committed to be 100% committed to taking the action. The only way a client is going to get results in your program is if they follow the coaching, follow the curriculum, get connected with the community, and all the other hours outside of your live calls or them watching any kind of video, they have to be in action mode. Not like they're in action mode 24 hours a day, but you get what I'm saying. So it's important for you to understand as the group coaching leader in how can I structure my program so that the client is getting results. That means they have to be an active participant, which means you cannot do the work for them. They cannot be a passive participant. A passive participant looks like this. They do show up to all the calls. They show up to everything. They show up to every single thing they do and you you do and you just think they're like the most amazing client ever. But if they're show if you're packing too much stuff in, they're showing up and they're sitting and they're listening and they are waiting for you to tell them what their outcome is going to be. They are coming and sitting and listening to constantly get another little dopamine hit from you. And that dopamine hit feels so good. They don't need to go give themselves their own dopamine hit by going out and taking action themselves or speaking to themselves in a certain way. So I want, I hope that was a really big aha. And this is what I want you to write down. Structure your group coaching program so that it is more labor intensive for the client to get the result not you let me give you an example now i am all for having templates available when necessary having examples available when necessary having recorded videos or trainings available when necessary any type of text document that they need to read Have it available when necessary. There's a lot of unnecessariness in having too much of that, but there is a place for that for sure inside of group coaching programs. But let me give an example of what I mean by this making your program more labor intensive for the client. Actually, write this down with it. Make it more labor intensive. Also, structure your group coaching program and lead and coach in a way that invites the client to think for themselves and then bring what they have produced to you so that you can then give feedback. And one of the examples is I've had a couple of clients recently. Uh, One of the things, you know, I already mentioned this, we'll do this. We'll have this conversation next week around the difference between an ideal client and a qualified client. And one of the things that will cause you to be very exhausted as a coach of a group is that if half your clients are qualified and half your clients are not qualified to be in that particular program, yeah, it, this one of the top things that leads to exhaustion. And it, you know, I'm I'm personally as a as an expert in this category of teaching and coaching you on how to properly run group coaching programs. I'm never going to be able to, to 100% prevent uh, unqualified clients from joining your group coaching program. Like it's going to happen. It's one of the things that you're going to have to you're going to have to experience that. You don't necessarily have to have 50 50, but to a degree, you're going to experience letting unqualified clients into your program because you're going to have to learn your lesson that way, right? So recently, I've had two clients ask me the same question. In we have a Slack channel. Um, And we have a Facebook group. We don't really use our Facebook group very much. But within about like a week and a half, two weeks time, I had two different clients ask me for to show them my example or an example of application questions that they could send to their clients or not to send to their clients that they could use in their enrollment process to help determine if a client was qualified or not. And like, that is all from like coming from a good place too. None of them were like, hey, Megan, you need to show me. Yeah, like I'm demanding that you show me your application. Like it wasn't like that. They're just like, hey, can you show us a, an app? Like your example, can you show us an example of an application? Can you show us application questions that we can include on an application? Like, awesome, great. Now, in the past, my inclination would have been let me, go, let me go dig up my application and let me show them. And if I didn't, if, you know, let's say I didn't have something like that in place. I would sit there and in the past, I would go do the work and I would come up with like five to 10 questions that I think would be great for an application. And now multiply that times every single time a client asks you a question and they want to see something and you go do the work. Is that the is that the most beneficial way to coach and lead and teach your client, or is there a better way? Is there a better structure for that? There absolutely is. So what I love doing, um, I actually don't always like having examples, and that this is a. I wanted to use this as my example for you today because this is an excellent example. The client who is qualified to work with me in my programs is there the criteria that i have in place for someone to meet in order to be a good fit for my programs is not the same for each one of my clients each one of my clients have different expertise than i do they have a different ideal client than i do they have different sets of criteria that a qualified client needs to meet in order to join their programs so how does it benefit them For me to show them my interview questions, or not my interview questions, the application questions or assessment questions that I have done my due diligence to come up with based on my research, the questions that I, that are directly connected to what I have identified as the criteria that a client needs to meet in order to be in my program. I come up with those questions to qualify someone before I will even have a conversation with them. It doesn't benefit them to see my questions. Now, some of you may be thinking, but yeah, it does, because then they can have a better idea of what theirs could look like. Yeah. And that sounds really valid. But again, I have a very different perspective. I want them to think for themselves first. So sometimes when you put too many things in front of your clients like this, like this, It makes them think that they can do less work, that maybe they don't, they could just like pull my questions and just like change a word. But that's not actually going to be as effective as it needs to be for them to get the right clients in their program. And I know that. So I want them to go do what they need to do. Now, what I find is that with this example, most clients do not know because they haven't thought about it, what criteria. A potential client needs to meet in order to be qualified to be in their program. So it's not going to help them for me to just give them my application questions. And so with both of these clients, I proposed to them, I said, hey, how about let's do it this way? First thing I want you to do, because in order for us to even help you come up with your application questions for your group coaching program, we need to know what are the three to five points of criteria that your ideal client needs to meet in order to be a good fit for your program. Now, if they don't know, then that tells me as the coach where I need, really need to be supporting them. And it's not give them my application first. So the first thing is, I want to find out if they even know what the criteria is, because this could be a really great learning opportunity for them to tighten that up so they start attracting fewer people that are unqualified. So do you see how if I just gave them my application questions, I'm actually taking away a massive opportunity for them. And I'm quite possibly putting them right back into exhaustion, frustration, and burnout with unqualified clients. Do we are, are we connecting the dots here? Okay. So number two with that, I said, once you have that criteria, put it in front of me, but then also I want you to think through based on what that criteria is for someone to be a good fit for your program. What questions do you need to ask so that you as the expert in your craft, You as the expert would know based on the responses to those questions, you'd be able to tell if somebody was relatively qualified or not before you got onto a call with them. So again, it does not help. It it doesn't help to the highest degree for me to just hand over my application questions or make myself think as the coach that I'm the one that needs to come up with that to make their lives easier. I'm not going to do that. Now, part of this comes from my background. I have a master's degree in teaching. I taught high school business education in the physical face-to-face classroom for five years, and I also taught for North Carolina Virtual Public Schools for four years. There were a couple of years of overlap, and then once I left the the face-to-face classroom uh, for two more years, I kept teaching for North Carolina Virtual Public Schools. So I had seven years of experience teaching high school-aged kids, and Even in my classroom on day one, when I would go through, I would spend the entire first class, 90 minutes with all of my classes that I taught my students going over how, like, what were the expectations of, of this classroom and how do we operate in this classroom so that everybody is successful? And one of those was you do not come to me as your first resort when you have a question. In fact, I was the last resort and I was number four on the list. So I would teach them and encourage them and remind them when needed. If you have a question, first, you try to figure it out yourself. If you can't figure it out yourself, and I had a computer lab, I would say, go look it up, do your research, right? So step two was do your research if you don't know the answer and you can't figure it out. Number three, if you can't find the answer through those two methods, you are sitting beside someone. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and ask them if they could scoot their chair over and support you. If that person doesn't know, ask the person, the other person beside you to your other side or turn around or the person in front of you. You got four people with arm, an arm's length away from you that you could ask if none of those people can help you and they don't know the answer either. Then I know as a teacher, well, maybe I haven't done my job because five people do not know the answer to this. They can't figure it out even when they put their heads together. Then you come to me because that's teaching them how to think. So you are stripping away from your clients in your group coaching programs critical thinking skills, confidence building skills, just general skill development so that they can even go take the action they need to take when you're doing all the work for them and and making your program more labor-intensive for you. Okay, number two is make your group coaching program personalized, not customized. And this is in the structure of the program again. Now, all you really need to understand here is what's the difference between personalized and customized? There's, there's a lot of confusion on this. When you are a one-on-one coach or consultant and you are working with a client one-on-one, whether it's a company or a team or a, a one individual, people are paying top dollar for you to customize the entire experience to them and them alone, right? Everything is customized to their needs, what's coming up for them. And in order for you to customize, it's got to be one-on-one, whether you're coaching them or you're providing a done-for-you service. personal and also customized means nobody else is hearing those one-on-one sessions. It is behind closed doors. It is just you and them meeting together. They have full-blown access and attention to you on them. Personalized is different. In a group coaching program... Whether you have five people or 50 people, it is personalized to every single person in that program. The difference is when it's personalized, that doesn't mean that you are having one-on-one coaching sessions with each individual behind closed doors. That would be customized. And one of the reasons why you might be exhausted, burned out, or frustrated in your group coaching program is because despite the fact that you already have a group, you are still incorporating too much customization into the program. Now, typically that's happening because of a mindset thing going on or belief. You think that the value is going to be found in customization. Also, the other form of customization in a group coaching program is done for you. The example I gave about the application. So, remember, I said, like, in the past, I was doing way too much. You know, people would ask me a question and I would literally go, like, create the document for them and just give it to them. So, basically, I was incorporating done for you elements into my group coaching program. That's not how I sold it. So, I didn't sell it saying, Hey, this is a group coaching program and you're going to get done for you elements of the program. But in my mind, in my own insecurity, I thought, oh my gosh, like they're going to be mad at me if I don't. They're not going to get a result if I don't. They're going to think this program isn't valuable if I don't. They're going to be upset with me if I don't. So typically the place from which you infusing done for you into your group, number one, you're not including that on the sales page. You did not include that when you sold it. I don't know anybody who's saying, and there are 52 done for you elements as part of this group coaching program. I've never seen that. Typically, it's coming from an insecurity and you're doing it because you think that's what you need to do to keep your clients happy. But it's at the expense of your own emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual well-being. And I've experienced that firsthand. So customized falls into the category of you are doing private coaching behind closed doors where nobody else can hear and or you are infusing done-for-you elements into the group just all the time when people are asking you for things, that is going to always create an environment of exhaustion for you in your group coaching program. And you absolutely do not need that. You do not need that at all. Now, if you're going to incorporate that, be clear about that. Be clear about that on the sales page. Be clear about that up front add that into the price point of the program and realize going into it be aware that you are going to max your time out even with the group and you are you are only going to be able to grow your company but yay far which is okay you know if you only if you want to have a business that is run that way just know that you are going to hit an income ceiling with that but be okay with that like that can be your choice and if that is what is in alignment with you Great, but then don't come and complain when you can't. You're complaining about, you know, I want to double my income next year. If you've chosen a business model that locks you into making less money through that particular business model. So personalized means you are, if you've got a group coaching call and there are 10 people on the call. If someone wants coaching, if someone has a question, if someone wants guidance, they're getting personalized attention from you. Now, also do not think that in order for someone in your group to find value, that every single person needs to talk. Every single person does not need to talk or get a touch point from you directly on every single call. They do not. Uh, I don't need to. I'm in a couple of groups. And I don't need to talk to the coach every single week to feel like I'm getting value. I need to talk some. Uh, I need to be an engaged participant. I need to participate actively. But I do not need the coach to personally talk to me and address my concerns every single time we are getting on a call. Right. Okay. So let's move on to number three. Number three, structuring your group program to avoid exhaustion, document your process. Document your process. Your process is what is really your intellectual property. So documenting your process is going to allow you to have a curriculum-based program. Your process is what you have created that is going to work best for the client to get the outcome that you are promising in your program. Now, documenting your process and having intellectual property does not mean that every single week you need to have a 52-page module that someone goes through. It does not mean that you need to have worksheets up the wazoo. It does not mean that you need to have 300 hours of pre-recorded videos that are step-by-step that your clients need to go through. That is one form of curriculum. So, but that is not a have to. I am in a, well, it's labeled a mastermind program. It's not structured like a mastermind program, uh, but it's called a mastermind program. And I've got access to hundreds of hours of pre-recorded videos uh, it's not module heavy, but there are certainly some worksheets and some step-by-step stuff in the form of a PDF file. Uh, that is one form of curriculum, and there's other elements to that program that I'm in. But it is heavy on pre-recorded videos and some light, short PDF files and modules. That is that particular coach's intellectual property. Now, let me give you another, and that's a business program. Let me give you another example. I mentioned at the beginning of this, I just got back from Scottsdale, Arizona. I was there last week on Thursday night, all day Friday, came home Saturday. I am in um, Michael Bernoff's programs. I'm in the circle of influence mastermind. And we go out to Arizona as a group of quite a few times a year. And there's other events I can go to of his that are three days and four days long as well. And sometimes I do those too. And Everybody in the room, well, actually, I'd say like ninety-five percent of the people in the room, we're all entrepreneurs. The likelihood that we ever talk about business is slim to none. That is not what his business is about. It's not what he teaches. Although every once in a while he'll have a call on something that has to do with business, but none of us are there because he's teaching us some sort of strategy or tactic to grow our business and make a bunch of money. Right? He's not. His intellectual property is not how to grow a business, how to scale a business. Um, he is teaching people how to communicate with themselves and communicate with others to build better relationships and uh, to own the power of your own influence, which basically allows you to get what you want in all any and all categories of your life. He teaches a lot of um, not that he uses these words, but just so you can understand it. There's you know, there's some NLP that gets in there. there's some hypnosis that gets in there, but it's it's literally all about communication. And so we learn, I mean, I can't even go into the detail um, because it may not make sense. But anyway, the majority of how that mastermind is run is in-person events. And at our last event last week, there were 34 of us there. Sometimes there's more people there. Usually the lowest, there would be like 30 or 35 people. And sometimes for the circle of influence, there's more people. And we're all in his headquarters in this like huge room. And um he has a curriculum you can tell he's not just up there chatting he's not just up there talking now if you didn't if you couldn't recognize on your own how structure can be woven in then you may think that he's just up there talking and you can't tell but i can tell that he has a particular outline for that that event and he is pulling bits and pieces that matter to the theme of that particular event uh, from his intellectual property. So there were, I think, four or five sessions in, you know, when we're together for that full day, we're together for 12 to 14 hours. And the day is split up in sessions. Now, again, it's not like there's this big announcement, okay, now we're going into session two and we're going to talk about XYZ topic. So again, if you can't recognize structure without like blatantly being told, you may not recognize that you're going from one thing to the next, but the day is chopped up in sessions and each session is on a particular part of his intellectual property that is designed to help us get the outcome that we said we wanted for that particular event. Now, he had already created his intellectual property whenever he created that. But at the live event, he's just pulling the parts and pieces of his intellectual property that makes sense for that particular event. But there is, still, there is still documentation. There's still a curriculum that we're working through. It's just not laid out in a linear fashion. It's not laid out in pre-recorded videos and 42-page modules where he's just up there talking and teaching. So I did want to give that example if you are someone who coaches or consults or leads people in a category that's not business related where people are getting some very specific tangible result. Also, with that example, he's not doing a lot of the work. He already has the intellectual property. He is an example of his own intellectual property. So it exists inside of him. In order for us to get what we came to get in that program and in those live experiences, we have to be an active participant. And there are a lot of modalities that he's having us practice after he teaches it to us. So he teaches us a modality for five or 10 minutes. We have an open conversation about it. And then we are in a, you know, a pair, or a group of three or a group of four, and we're given an assignment to actually in real time, basically role play and practice that particular modality or tool that we just learned. The only way that we learn it is if we practice the tool. So that's another example also of how how can you make your group program more valuable for the client? Your curriculum has to be active. It can't just be passive. You have to do more than just stand up and talk and teach Content, Uh, you have to create ways for people to engage with each other and practice the material, which leads me to point number four: structuring your group program to avoid exhaustion. And that is create opportunities for peer-to-peer learning. And the example I just gave is a really great one because you can imagine if someone's going to stand up in front of a live audience for 12 to 14 hours a day. And that example I shared was just a one-day event. Some of our events are three to four days, and they are each 12 to 14 or more hours a day. And you would think, isn't that exhausting? How does that leader handle that? How do they manage that? Exactly what I just said. There is such a high degree of emphasis on community. There is an emphasis on connecting with each other. There is an emphasis on practicing in groups, for an ample amount of the time we're there. And every time we're practicing and utilizing the modality or we're having a meal and where there's an activity infused, even at lunch or dinner, he can, not that he's turning off, but he's not standing up in front of the room, just preaching and teaching to everybody. So the community aspect is really, really important. And one of the most valuable pieces that, your clients will find in from your group coaching program that they are actually looking for. It is community. And one of the reasons why people are drawn to joining group coaching programs is because they realize they're going to be able to learn from other participants in the program. There are lots of ways. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about, well, how do I structure peer-to-peer learning? Uh, you can come work with me to figure out how to do that. I'll teach you how to do it. I'll show you how to do it. You can practice doing that. Um, but you want to incorporate either on a weekly basis or a biweekly basis or at minimum once a month ways for your group coaching participants to be working with each other. Some of that may be dependent on the size of your group. If it's a really small group, you may put people in accountability pairs. If it's a really, really big group, you may do something like accountability pods. Now, you have to structure that into the program. And also, as a leader, you have to structure, well, when they come together, what type of structure are they going to follow? Because if you don't give them a structure to follow... It ends up turning into a gossip session, a chit-chat session, or talking about things from the past or the future that don't actually matter right now that are not going to progress them forward, that have nothing to do with what they signed up for the program to begin with. So you have to create structure that they can follow and give them instruction on that. And it needs to be exceptionally valuable to the program and lead them closer to the outcome that your program promises. And some of your clients will actually, number one, get more out of the program through peer-to-peer learning than they do from your teaching. And number two, I would say it's about 50-50. About 50% of the reason why people will rejoin your program and do it a second time a year, a second time around, or a second year, or a second iteration, or more, or stay in your community and do your whatever your next level mastermind program is or what have you, 50% of their reason is typically because of the community, not because of your teaching and all the content that you're giving them. The community aspect is so important. So important. So quick recap here, structuring your group program to avoid exhaustion I only am talking about four elements today. There's a lot more when it comes to structuring your group program to avoid exhaustion. But the four are, number one was value. Make your group coaching program more labor-intensive for the client. Number two, you want your program to be more personalized, less customized. Number three, document your curriculum. Have a curriculum which is your intellectual property. Even if it exists in a category that's not business related, you can still do this. It may just look a little different. And number four, create opportunities for peer-to-peer learning and community. If you loved this session or episode today, I would love to hear from you. Let us know in a review what you're getting out of the show, what you're loving about the show, what else you would love to hear on the show, just leave us a review. Uh, let us know what that is. And you can also reach out to me privately on Facebook or Instagram. Follow me over there as well, but you're more than welcome to reach out to me privately and let me know what you're getting out of the show. Let me know what suggestions you have for topics. If you're someone who is transitioning into offering groups because your practice is completely maxed out with one of my clients, or you are, you've been delivering group coaching programs for years, and there are certain topics you would love me to cover during our group coaching program series that we're going to be doing for the next probably six to eight weeks, then let me know that as well. And the best way to let me know is through Instagram or Facebook, or you can leave us a review right here on The show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found great value from today's episode and you have any friends, peers, or colleagues who are in a place where group coaching programs are uh, becoming part of their business model or has been part of this business model, and you think this will be really valuable for them, I would so appreciate it if you shared this episode with them so that they could get this really valuable information as well and avoid the exhaustion, the burnout, and the frustration that they may be experiencing in their group coaching program as well. Thanks for tuning in and remember, make sure you're designing a life and a business that's built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.